Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. I'm Gabe Green, and today we'll be talking about Star Wars Visions. And to help with that, I am joined by Michael Hoover from the A Certain Point of View podcast. Welcome back, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. Um, so as I said, we're talking about uh, the uh, hopefully the first season of Star Wars Visions, and today will be the first five episodes um, and but first, uh, if you if you would, uh, if you could like this video and subscribe to the channel, it'd be very much appreciative. And also, if you would rather listen to the audio version of this review, you can find it on my podcast feed, the Franchise Fatigue Podcast. Um, but let's just dive right into our discussion on the first five episodes. So the first one is the duel. This is uh, well, first I should should apologize to the nation of Japan for all the names that I have to read <laughs> over the course of this review. I shall try my best, but I will probably get it wrong. Um, <laughs> so first one is directed by uh, Takanobu uh, Mizuno uh, and written by Takashi Ozaki. Ohazaki. Okazaki. <laughs> and, uh, Off to a strong start. <laughs> yes. Okay, this one was weird. Wikipedia listed one guy and uh, IMDB another guy, so I'm going to read both. So Wikipedia said uh, uh, Takashi Okazaki and um, yeah, IMDb listed uh, Mitsuas Mitsuyasu Sakai. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> as this one actually is interesting because there is an upcoming tie-in novel called Ronin: A Visions Novel, which is as of yet the only short in this series that's being expanded elsewhere. Um, so yeah, what did you think about this one, Michael? I loved it. I loved it. Yeah, this one was, I think this was the perfect one to start off the whole thing with. I think it had, it's a simple story. It's a simple premise. It kind of reminded me of a Mandalorian episode the way it is. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, there's a lot of Kurosawa influences. There's a lot of that um, samurai vibe in it. And, you know, Star Wars is extremely tied to that um historically and so that's that's perfect and then it has just there, there's not a lot plot wise going on it's just a good old-fashioned you know a simple wanderer wanders into a village and um and you know there's some nonsense going on with some mm -hmm. imperials or former imperials or whatever they are and and turns out there's a sith lord with them and and he he basically saves the village and 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 just so much awesomeness occurs and we got we got trandosians we got <laughs> uh we got a dug flying some sort of probe droid we got like i mean it's 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 great man with katanas it's, don't forget the katanas <laughs> yes yes absolutely and then we got a we got a droid wearing a hat <laughs> that's it. the best part the astromech it's, and the straw hat is i don't know about the yes. best part but it's great <laughs> no i love it i think the character is super intriguing whenever he opened his uh his whatever his robe and he had all these kyber crystals i was like i have to know more about this person right now and thankfully there is a book mm -hmm. so i'm really excited about that man i loved it the music was great the art style was awesome i just thought it was the perfect way to kick all this off yeah, I liked it. Like, it feels like I did like it compared to everyone else. Like, oh my gosh, this one was so amazing. Like, it was it was good. Uh, I think maybe it's just because we we've seen you know we've seen Seven Samurai done twice already um, in Star Wars. Was so like okay, another one. Uh, I I do really like just the Kurosawa samurai aesthetic. I'm not in love with the art style. I've it mm. was 
maybe it was like there wasn't enough contrast and the the lighting didn't like draw your eye so it was like a whole page of kind of browns and grays and it was kind of hard to figure out where to look at just a lot of brown lines it was I mean, for me it was a little a little difficult and kind of tiring to watch you know, for my eyes um but yeah it, it, there was just some gorgeous images particularly just anytime someone was standing there with their cloaks billowing in the wind um it's yeah, just that classic samurai image um yeah so yeah it's based pretty much the basic you know, seven samurai story. Um, not much to talk about plot wise. And as far as like how it's funny, like some of these could fit pretty easily in the canon. Some of them, like the, the twins are just like <laughs> way out there. <laughs> like th this one, I feel it, it seems like something that happens like after the fall of the empire, I would guess like the Sith Lord is like a, an inquisitor or something. Um, but yeah. And then you have this, Sith, or at least a dark side wielder who is hunting other Sith, which is that's a it's a cool concept. It's pretty much just a concept because we don't really get into any of his motivations or anything, but yeah, that, that's an idea. Um, yeah, I find yeah. I found it really interesting when he said, Unfortunately, no, I'm not a Jedi. I was like, mm -hmm. That's a weird way to say that. I wonder what he means by that. Um, oh, right, lightsaber. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. When he pulled, when he pulled out the lightsaber and it was red, first of all, the fact that the lightsaber is like in a sheath, I just, I, bro, it's just, I, I think everything about this episode just worked for me. There wasn't anything about it that, that didn't work for me. I, I absolutely loved it. And from the trailers, it's, it's so funny. I had the exact opposite reaction to, as, as you did with the art style from the trailers instantly. I knew that one's going to be for me um, <laughs> right away. And so, and then I ended up watching it and turns out it was <laughs> just about everything about it. So uh, man, that's, that's funny though. It's, I think we're going to have a lot of fun stuff, <laughs> a lot of fun uh, back and forth on some of these. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Like just a couple things to mention, just lightsaber umbrella. That's pretty amazing. Have you seen the Chinese film shadow? No, I have um, not they use those just with blades. Um, I don't know if it's an actual historical weapon. I highly doubt it. doesn't seem very practical, yeah. but I like that. Cool. It was, I like that. It was an attachment that she took off. Mm -hmm. I thought that yeah. was really interesting. Yeah, and it's really funny because in rebels, when they do the helicopter sabers, I absolutely hate it. Like <laughs> I, I, maybe it's just because it happens so much in that one episode in twilight of the apprentice. It just happens like back to back to back to back. And it's like, okay, you guys are kidding now, <laughs> but this happened one time. And then she stabbed the guy with it and opened the umbrella through him. It was, great it was I'm, awesome i'm disappointed he didn't like fall apart in pieces <laughs> they could have done that that would have been sweet. they, they could have like some of them get pretty freaking violent yeah they totally could have gotten away with it uh so anything else about this one you wanted to mention before we move on uh um just that droid that that really awesome droid coming in with the gun <laughs> um I, I don't know man i loved seeing all of the i can't i think drew uh, mentioned it the other day when we he, we had Drew uh, Tavares on the podcast the other day, and he talked about um, he thought it was really cool that the these characters that we're used to seeing as bounty hunters as like you know almost bad guys were actually like guarding the village, and they were mm -hmm. the good guys in this case, like the Trandoshan and the Doug and the the IG unit and all that stuff. They were they were kind of guarding 
and defending the people of the village. I thought that was really interesting and the way they did it was really great. So mm-hmm. I just enjoyed this one, man. It was awesome. <laughs> well, it wasn't an IG. It was a, it was a, it was a different one. It was like the, the, the one with the big bug eyes. You're right. Uh, yeah, it wasn't an it was IG. A really yeah. awesome mini gun thing. Yeah, you're um, right. It wasn't an IG. My bad. Yeah. There's a lot of droids. <laughs> All right, There's a lot um, of droids, man. So yeah, I, I, I enjoyed this one. Didn't love it, but I, had, I definitely had a good time with it. All right, so next one is Tatooine Rhapsody. This one is uh, directed by Taku Kamira and written by Yasumi Atarashi. Um, and this, oh, I should mention the studio as well. I, I, there wasn't a studio listed for the first one, but for this one, it was uh, done by Studio uh, Colorido. Um, so this one, you have a Jedi who escaped the, pur- the Purge, or a Jedi Padawan who escaped the Purge and joins a band. <laughs> yeah this is this is one that i expected to hate watching the trailers like i'm i i'm not an anime person i've you know i've seen a lot of ghiblis i've, I've seen a fair uh, you know, a couple dozen anime films and a bit of a loop on the third but otherwise but i don't like most of the anime tropes you know you know all, all the just the things that make anime anime a lot of them don't really work for me and this seemed seemed like it would be one that would you know, really lay thick into all of that. But I kind of like this one a lot. Uh, what'd you think? <laughs> I did too, dude. <laughs> this one was honestly, I, I'm with you from the trailer. I was like, I don't, I don't know what this one's going to be like. They're playing a show at the Bunta Eve or <laughs> what's going on here. And that's exactly what was happening. Um, uh, dude, here's the thing. It, it's just a, it's just a story about a, group of friends who are in a band who like use the powers of their music together to like do good like, mm-hmm. just and that's all the story was and we it was just as a musician as uh-huh. someone who just loves music and loves the community the communal experience of playing music with others i totally understand um the feeling and I don't know, man, when when he was talking about like when they were playing that recording of the first time they played together, mm. I was like, man, I, uh, I know this feeling and I love it. I'm so here for this. I loved it. It was not a deep story, not a ton going on, although there was a lot of intriguing elements. Like you said, it was like he's a Jedi, I guess, um, that was um what was it from you said from the purge or something and yeah the guy yeah he's he seems to be running from stormtroopers and he falls yeah. into the ship yeah and so i'm curious about his character but it basically doesn't get revisited from that point on he can't activate his lightsaber and it seems like from that point on it's it's like i, I think he, that's actually not his identity his identity is his his real identity and purpose is to play music <laughs> does he turn his lightsaber into the mic if i'm not mistaken it is the I don't know if his mic just looked like a lightsaber or if that was his lightsaber. I, I don't I don't know. Yeah, because there was there was this nice little underlying current about like identity and like what is he yeah. like what's what's his purpose now and they he's We're a band, just a band. Yeah. he's just a rocker now. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> that, and uh, this uh, he's a uh, voice by uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt. And so do you he watch right. do you watch uh, you watch the dubs or the, the I, or dude, the the i did not watch the japanese version yeah no. me neither. i'm i'm not an anime person i know a lot of people probably only watch that version but i did not i i watched twice through the just the regular uh dubbed ones mm-hmm. 
Yes, he's he's got a really good animated voice. Like he sounds he like he belongs with that animation. One problem though, he can't sing. So I switched over to the Japanese audio for the okay. songs. Um, okay, that's not happening. Actually, there are a lot of fun in Japanese, but uh... here's my thing though. It was it worked for me because that's how singers that's how rock singers sound live dude like that's that was true to form <laughs> so like it, it worked for me because i was like yeah i know it was kind of pitchy but it it was it was like rock show pitchy it wasn't like that guy can't sing pitchy you know what i mean that was like i'm hearing the artist for the first time without the studio uh mm. you know the tune-ups and stuff that you do and i could tell he sings but i can also tell he's at a rock show and I don't know, man. It, okay. <laughs> I, I'm making excuses a little bit only because I felt extremely nostalgic <laughs> this entire episode. Well, either way, I think the, the Japanese actor just definitely sings better. Um, oh, okay. Okay. I see. Yeah. And, and I, the thing that really connected, you know, you connected with the band aspect, the the uh, part that connected with me was just the, uh, there's a very uh, strong cowboy bebop, you know, slash firefly kind of vibe going on where you have, just this motley crew getting into all kinds of scraps and they have their, their own ship and uh, just the, the the scene where Boba Fett walks in and mm. you, you don't know what's going to happen. But the last thing I expected was for uh, you know the hut to pull out a flamethrower guitar and just the, for them to you know, throw down with Boba Fett in the concert hall. It's like <laughs> when that's happening, I just had the biggest grin on my face and you know, they're flying away. Punch it. I thought I punched it already. <laughs> that's a great line. <laughs> That's a great line. Uh-huh. Oh, Dude. tomorrow. Go ahead. Oh no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that like, tomorrow Morrison is just freaking iconic as just the voice of Boba Fett. I'm so glad they brought him back. It's funny, like this one, this is the one that feels like the the least Star Wars tonally. I wonder if that's why they grounded it so much in the you know, canonical Star Wars things. Um, just like you, you know, have Boba Fett, Jabba the Hutt, his whole entourage. You know, go to the booty. Uh, it was the booty Eve. Um racetrack like all i don't think any of the others have either any any returning characters or any locations that we've seen before i think this is the only one that has any kind of makes any real use of unless twins at the very end the binary sunsets Mm. unless that's tatooine it could not be who knows (laughs) i I don't know what is happening with twins (laughs) (laughs) that's all just way over there (laughs) dude you said you said it's the least the least uh star wars feeling episode and i see what you mean but thematically though like dude star Mm -hmm. wars is found family and 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 this is nothing but that you know and so it was totally star wars for me uh when you you know you were talking about how it's so it's totally firefly and cowboy bebop and i was thinking yeah it's totally star wars man (laughs) (laughs) i mean yeah but there's a the the kind of swagger and tone is there's this there's a kind of a unique feel i think cowboy bebop does stand on its own but yeah, it was it. It had to have been influenced by Star Wars. Yeah. Like everything is Star Wars. If you go back far enough, totally. And dude, the music totally makes it feel weird. Like it, <laughs> it takes it out of. It's like I had to. I had to sit down and actually think about how is this Star Wars. And I was like, oh, I mean, it's it's right there. But uh, but the music totally does make you feel like you're watching something else. It's it's 
the music we grew up listening to in the early 2000s <laughs> and 2000s and it 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 made me very happy but it was it was really weird seeing uh like tatooine and seeing jabba and boba and then having this like punk music playing behind it there yeah. was something strange about it but i, I loved it <laughs> Yeah, a couple touches I saw um, during the, during the concert. We get these flashes of people watching. Uh, we see a uh, figure and Dan and the the modal nodes they're like sweating as they're watching this other band perform. Uh, yeah. and then we go outside of uh, Ben Kenobi's hut and you see the, mu- you the music playing. I, Great touch. Why didn't they bring him? They have you know they have a uh, Boba Fett in there. Why uh, not? I know, man. I would, and I then just, they had just head in there Boba and ha- Fett. Yeah. <laughs> That was amazing. And the tail, Jabba's tail. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 silly, it's silly fun, and Star Wars is allowed to be silly fun. It's an totally. under, you know, an underdog bad story. I know th- this one's getting a lot of hate, but uh, loosen up, people. Not for me, man. Not for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else about this one you want to mention? No, I I I wanted to make sure I mentioned uh, bobblehead Boba Fett and and the and Jabba's tail, but yeah. other than that, man, it was just a good old fun time in Star Wars, so it was good. All right, next one is the twins. This is directed by uh, Hiroyuki Imeashi and written by Hiromi Wakanabayashi. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna try to say this way. This is very very long. I'm just he has a name. <laughs> It's a very nice name. <laughs> very nice name, yeah. Uh, and it's produced by Studio Trigger. Um, so this one. <laughs> this one's wild. Um, it's a v- very strong visual style. Like I, I, This is my least favorite, I'm just going to say it, but it has some amazing visuals, as you can see from my uh, my background. Like, really strong style, particularly when it goes into action. But I think like the opening shot r- tells you what this what kind of a uh, story this is going to be where you have the one star destroyer attached to a second star <laughs> destroyer. Like we're just going to go bigger because bigger is better. And <laughs> those are the rules. Um, and the only rules this, this short abides by what you think, <laughs> man, I agree. Um, this is one of my least favorites, but that doesn't mean there isn't fun to be had. <laughs> I I found this to be the Michael Bay Star Wars anime <laughs> entry. Um, there's a whole lot going on that is beautiful to look at. Um, a whole lot of nonsense other than that. But dude, some of the nonsense was a freaking blast, and I can't complain. Um, uh, the lights the, or the uh, the battle you know without any apparatus on his face on top of a star destroyer. <laughs> Uh, it, it's it, it's insane it's ridiculous out of this world even out of the star wars world like another an even it was this the one was this the one that the that the character said to another to a galaxy far far away like i don't know that, the, I think they, they, they talked one. a lot there's a lot of dialogue in this one neil patrick harris's character i think he said oh is that, is that who's that is it okay. is neil patrick harris yeah and I, I thought he said i thought it was him it could have been a different one sorry if i got that wrong but wh- one of them said i'm taking it to a galaxy far far away and i was like wow so we're outside <sighs> of even the star wars universe here this is totally making sense now um <laughs> dude i i did think allison brie played the girl um, okay from, and she's in community she's great 
but she i felt like she was having the time of her life recording this i thought she was great i neil patrick harris's character maybe it's just because he had more of the let's just be nice here the expositionally heavy dialogue um his didn't work as well for me but allison brie i thought she was great she was out of like she was crazy but she was great um yeah i liked it it was weird but (laughs) the dialogue is not good um it is it's classic anime just heavy exposition dump just the most technical dialogue it's like they don't there's no attempt to make it interesting or flow it's like it's just the the lines they are saying are ridiculous um yeah, yeah. I, I, as far as like the conflict it did, i don't really care at all like there's these artificially created twins in the dark side and their suits are gonna power a mega laser to destroy planets and uh okay okay yeah. <laughs> but it was for the first five minutes you know a couple minutes i was thinking this was like a dark side version of luke and leia because their 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 suits are so clearly vader inspired you texted so, me and you said Is yeah this dark side luke and leia i was like definitely not just keep watching <laughs> but yeah like it looked like they're, they're twins like it, that that would have been an interesting direction direction to go and like what if you know they turned to the dark side with them and they got their big twin death dis- you know, <laughs> uh, star destroyer um the thing i think the thing that this reminded me most of aside from you know, most of anime, it was like, it really has the feel of like, like Gendy Tartakovsky's Clone Wars, where it's just like, wouldn't this be cool? And it's a lot of that. Yes. <laughs> just like, yes, just get bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. Like, I don't know. It, this, this is, this is not really what I'm com- I come to Star Wars for. Like, yeah, it can be pretty cool, but I don't, oh, first and foremost, it's story for me, then cool. This is just cool. Um, and it, yeah. It's like to say this jumps the shark a couple times is kind of an understatement. As you said, they're just they're standing on the outside of a star destroyer that's clearly in space without any yeah. suits, and it's like, I, what what is this? Or or like he has his lightsaber and he's he's cutting a star destroyer in half with a <laughs> lightsaber, and when it reaches his sister, it, all it does is just scratch her chest, and then it keeps cutting you through the rest of the light, the uh, star destroyer. It's like. It's called okay. precision. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's it, wild, and there are some really gorgeous uh, visuals. Um, you know, really impressive animation, but not my not my type. It is gorgeous to look at. Like um, in, in our Facebook group, I even put the header as the 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 last little bit where he's on, I guess, Tatooine with the mm. X-wing stuck in the ground. Gorgeous, gorgeous shot. The one behind you is awesome. It's all very beautiful to look at. It is fun. I have a good time with it. Um, and I, I actually do find the whole twins of the dark side kind of a thing to be somewhat intriguing. But um, this does seem like a little bit more of a someone pulled this out of a really uh, obscure area of legends and or <laughs> something. And, and they just really wanted to see this animated, you know. And it, it did kind of seem like that, which a lot of that stuff doesn't really work for me. And um, and so it was it uh, like you said, I think this is low on both of our lists for sure. And um, but I know uh, I know a lot of people have this near the top of their list. So it's this whole visions thing is weird, man. It's it's great. I think it's great. Like the next one we're going to talk about is my favorite 
and the and it's not one that you care for. So <laughs> it's I have just, things to say it's about different that one. people. Yeah, I can't wait to hear them. Ah, yes. So that next one is <laughs> The Village Bride. It's directed by Hitoshi Haga and written by uh, Takahiro Unishi. Um, and and uh, uh, and the director also co-wrote it. Um, and it is produced by Cinema Citrus. Um, and so you liked it. So <laughs> you can talk about it. <laughs> I didn't like this one. I okay. love this one. This one is my favorite of the bunch. And um, I don't even know where to begin, really. From the very beginning of this one, it had me enthralled just completely, especially coming out of the twins. It is like such a hard left um, and in a good way. It is every single shot just takes its time. Um, it's got a more somber tone the uh the the art style is gorgeous to me i think are, are it's you all... familiar with uh ghibli or miyazaki no i've i've seen kind of still images or whatever but i i'm really not that is a plan this year i i'm planning i have it hbo max i have them all queued up but i haven't watched them yet yeah this one really feels like it's kind of tapping into the kind of anime that ghibli does the, the just the, the way the colors the the the, the way it's really in love almost like worshipful of nature that kind of yeah just that that feeling that tone the mood all of that is yeah. definitely feels like ghibli yeah and then in that case i'll probably really love ghibli um dude the the art style the music oh my god the music of this one it it just absolutely sucked me in from the beginning um this one was just it it was you know, it's hard to explain that I, I keep telling I keep telling people when they ask me about this one, it's hard to quantify on a certain level what hits what really hits about this one. Um, for me, it is obviously for me, it's just beautiful on a whole lot of levels technically. But I think the, like thematically, whenever you're dealing with the whole, you know, at the beginning, that that guy that's exploring the planet, I guess he's a scientist of some kind and he's exploring the planet and. Um, and he says, it doesn't suit you that mask. And, um, and, and we see, I, I, I feel like we see throughout the episode, this Jedi wrestling with her past and wrestling with, um, you know, some scars she has. And it turns out that it's literal, there's act an actual scar, but, you know, seeing her kind of go through that. And at the end of the episode, her taking off that mask and saying i am a jedi and then that whole part it's just mm -hmm. i i'm i'm a sucker for that kind of thing we're like just kind of accepting who you are and and, and not hiding from yourself any longer um i thought it was beautiful i also love the whole feel of um the force of this one the the so i think they called it what what did they call it uh wind or magina oh that magina um so it reminded me of so you know sometimes in star wars we're in these different planets and um you know we know it as the force but this culture knows it as something else i remember in rebels we even had that episode with the lasats where they the ashla uh, and the bogan or... yeah so, something like that and and they they called it something else but it was the force you know and they there's a story in uh, the Legends of Luke Skywalker where they, they call it the Tide. It's where he learned okay. to fish 
with that giant spear he used in the last jedi um oh that's awesome <laughs> i need to read that one yes um, it was very similar to this the way they had their own kind of mystical connection to it yeah and i always i think that's really cool um and i really i really liked that seeing that these characters were um they kind of understood each other a little bit because they because they both you know the girl that was getting married and the girl that was a jedi they both kind of understood each other a little bit because of their their relationship with the force and you know we see the whole the whole thing with the sisters there's that dynamic of kind of satine and bo-katan almost kind of a thing where satine is more of the pacifist and she's just going to do whatever it takes to um whatever it takes to keep her people safe even if that means even if that means not fighting and sacrificing herself in a pacifist way whereas the sister or bo is like no we're gonna fight this this is stupid are you crazy and i i like that whole that whole idea but dude it all kind of comes to a head and it all kind of comes to a head in that last five minutes with the you got the battle droids and i think they're portrayed really cool in this in this one i'm always um, happy to have matthew wood back it was great he was perfect as always um but dude when and it was predictable i saw it coming but when when you know the raider shoots the sister and the bullet stops kylo ren style <laughs> and it's it from that moment on the rest of the episode was just majestic to me i just absolutely loved it i loved the pace i love that it took its time all the way throughout and um and that that lightsaber oh my gosh so i don't know man i like i said it's hard to quantify i know there's so many specific things and thematic elements of this that i absolutely love but at the end of the day there's something else too that i can't quite quantify and it just really hits me in a great way it's it's my favorite <laughs> well then <laughs> <laughs> let's go right on your parade <laughs> can't wait yeah this one again i liked it i think the ending really brings it all together it's it's so much fun that ending yeah um but <clears throat> all the things you're mentioning like i can recognize like the barest hint of where i was doing that but at every point just the way it chose to tell its story didn't really work for me just like what it spends time on. I feel like every single element of drama or theme is like really underdeveloped. And I just like, it would, it would, it would, I would have to like break it down beat by beat to get into too much. But I think the big thing is like, I don't, I don't really know or care about any of the characters, particularly, particularly this Jedi. Like, I don't know what she's hiding from. Like, why does she wear a mask? What is she afraid of? What is her past? I, I have no clue and like what prompts her change is just she just stands in the forest for a night and then she comes back the next day and we have that triumphant scene like okay like where were you what happened and why did that make you become where you are now I couldn't tell you uh, and it just the way the mysticism is portrayed is kind of I'm not a fan uh, there's a line I wrote down the line she after she comes back in the end she gives a line to uh the the chieftain's daughter she says um you can't change the river's flow by casting a stone but live in harmony with nature and you will change together the people of this world know that well you know that the breath of life becomes wind and will always respond and it's supposed to be like what does that mean <laughs> it's supposed to be this big meaningful line it's, it, it just it's 
it's gibberish to me. And I'm like, okay, this is nonsense. Um, it's just, it did not, it, it's reaching for a lot of ideas and not a single one of them lands for me outside of some of the action was really cool. <laughs> and that state lightsaber is awesome. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, alrighty then. <laughs> yeah. No, dude, I don't know, man. I, I get it. I, I see what you're saying. Uh, I think part of it too is like, I just know we're not going to get all the details I really want. Like, this is one story for like what 19 minutes i think this one is something like Mm -hmm. that and it's no more than that and it's telling like it is trying to tell a lot and you're right it's trying to tell a lot of story and it's taking its time doing it but the way they told it through visual cues the whole way really worked for me it explained more than enough for me to get attached um i i felt like she changed her mind um after kind of seeing you know, the ceremony of, of her being of the bride being carried up the mountain and seeing them interact with um, Magina and then uh, and then having dinner with the village that night and seeing how distressed everyone was at this supposed it's supposed to be a celebratory event. It's a wedding, but it was this it was more like a funeral. And, you know, it, it's it's very much implied in the episode that um that this planet was kind of in, mostly destroyed from by the war mm. and and her master was killed in the war and these raiders are leftovers from the war and it was almost to me just like i've had an uh, i i've had enough i'm I've, i'm done hiding i'm here now and and to me that that was enough for me for, uh, for a jedi to come out of hiding it was very Jedi-like to me. Um, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't a selfish reason why she came back. It was to protect the, the village and the planet. And I thought it was cool. I get the the line that you're saying is, is it felt like it was trying to say a lot. And at some points in it, I was like, that's really good. And then she kept talking. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> um, I know Drew really liked it. I wanted, I wanted to hear his, I wanted to hear him give his thoughts on that one. But um but yeah, anyway, dude, I really I really like this one a whole lot. It worked for me. Does she do the speed the, the speed force run from uh the Phantom Menace? Like when she chops off the dude's hand? It, Is that it what did happened? Seem like that. It did seem like that and it also seemed like it had something to do with her heels, <laughs> which is pretty dope. <laughs> uh yeah, it's a very good-looking episode. You know, I, I do really enjoy the tone. It just never really came together to mean much of anything. Uh, and that brings us to uh, the last one we'll be talking about today, which was The Ninth Jedi. Uh, it's written and directed by Kenji uh, Kamiyama and uh, produced by Production IG. Uh, and I, I this kind of blew my mind and made me really excited, but when I was researching it, I realized that uh, this guy is going to be directing the Lord of the Rings War of the Rohirrim anime movie that uh, New Line Cinema and Warner Bros. are doing separate from the Amazon series. But I, w- I wasn't terribly excited about it when I first heard about it. But now, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, so this, this, like, this guy, he's done a lot of Ghost in the Shell TV and movies. He did the Black, uh, the Blade Runner Black Lotus series that just came out. Um, like he's, he's like, he's definitely the most experienced of all the directors they have on this show as it shows. Um, also, uh, Simu Liu is in this one as the lightsaber Smith. Um, he's having a good, a uh, good moment right now. Um, 
so this is without a doubt my absolute favorite short of this thing. And, and, and <laughs> it, for me, like this, this is what I would hold up against the last one as an example of you know, really good storytelling, getting across so much information and lore in roughly the same amount of time. Um, and and the, the last one was also one I think that could fit into canon pretty well. It seemed to be happening after the rise of the Empire. She, I think she was on. She mentioned being on the run from the Empire. You had the Separatist droids. This one, I feel, this could either be a, like a thousand years before the prequels or a thousand years after the rise of Skywalker. And like now that the EU is gone, it could kind of fit anywhere. The, the notion of the, the the secrets of the lightsaber have been lost, and you have. The, the Jedi, the Jedi Order seems to be, have been dispersed. You have like these Jedi and Sith kind of wandering throughout the galaxy, trying to, you know, off each other. Um, and just it, it created such a such a strong sense of lore and history and, and just a, a sense of place and the story it was telling. Um, I think the the animation was the best in this series. It, like it felt like really like something you would see in a movie. Um, ah, dude, it, it, this is so freaking good. It, um, what stood out to you? Oh, I mean, it was great. I this was one of my favorites for sure. Um, I I you know I can't describe I, again. I can't describe what pushed the the village bride over over the top, even above this one. But the fact that the village ride is above this one says a lot about what I think of even this one. Like the, this one is so good. Um, I really, really love the idea of the lightsabers changing color mm. based on the person's relationship with the force. That is such a cool idea. Um, and I think that it was executed really well on a couple of different fronts in this one. Um, you know, upon second watch, I noticed, I didn't notice the first time because I didn't really think much of it because we didn't know about the whole lightsaber turning depending on your relationship with the Force thing. But when Simu Liu's character, the, the sabersmith, turns his on, it is blue. And so, like, to me, I didn't even think about, oh, this guy is definitely a Jedi. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. this guy this guy seems to be a Jedi. Um it seems like that now after going back and watching it, he seems to have, um, he seems to be very connected with the force in that way and, and, and for good. Um, and so I love the idea of, I can't remember the girl's, the girl character's name. Um, Kara, um, Kara. I love the idea that um, her saber was like kind of a tealish clear color. Mm -hmm. um, it was mostly clear um as the beginning but she was clearly skilled but as it went on her connection with the force grew and she and like by the end of it it was just a full-on green um and i loved that and i also the reveal that all of the jedi were actually not jedi with the red sabers that was so good i loved it <laughs> just there's so many moments where they use that like when he he the um uh, what's the, the, the Margrave Margrave where he re he snatches the guy's lightsaber and it turns from red to green in his oh. hand or when the the last acolyte as he fights his saber starts to turn purple where he's like he's not yeah. in this um it's it is such just beautiful visual storytelling they, they don't have to explain what happened oh 
this it's revealing what's inside of them as characters um but i just i love i th- i think the, the characters were just really strong just we spend like two minutes with kara and her father the lightsaber smith but i already love them they have such a, a you know, really good dynamic just the world they live on with these trebuchet harpoon things that <laughs> rocket harpoons that go up and snatch asteroids out of the sky <laughs> um just in the just the life they have there it, it just and her as a character she's a lot of fun she reminds she's like a cross between ray and like chihiro from spirited away um just a really fun spunky character um and uh, the, the world <sighs> This is it's something that's just weird and indefinable, but just the world that he creates, whether it's like the salt flats or the forest they drive through, just this gorgeous frozen lake, the, the snowy mm-hmm. canyons where the, the old crotchety droid is drinking tea, like everywhere we go just feels iconic almost, it's just the way it's, it's portrayed. Um, the, the storytelling throughout, we get just like a really strong story. It, it feels like a pilot episode almost. Um you know, we, totally. we, co- we come into an ongoing story, we t- we have a tight plot, and then we end on further adventures and a, and a mission for the future. And this just made me so excited. Um, just because yeah. it's such a well-told, clean story. And, and, and I think in a way that, like, you don't realize how great it is unless you watch a lot of shorts and you realize that most short films, even the good ones... Are, they they sometimes they can be a little dry just because they don't have time to tell all yeah. the story they want to tell. Like either like they'll go for like a really visual idea, like a really visual emotional idea. But if they try to tell a story, it's difficult to get the feeling in. And this one did, which is that is that is some really good writing, um, yeah. without like without being showy and and you wouldn't notice it because because it because it works so well, um, yeah. And the, the I got it. The lightsabers are so freaking cool. Um, yeah, dude that and then just the, the, telling her journey as a character the dynamics um anything else in particular that stood out to you yeah i just kind of thought of it too um the music was really good yes and, i had that written down and i caught a hint of ray's theme uh in there the the dun, dun, na, 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 na. it's very much in the ray's theme ballpark at least um, the wonder kind of a feel to it. And it, when he first ignites the lightsaber, it kind of halfway goes into the force thing before going into yep, something else. Yep. Yep. But like, I could see like for me in my, just because we don't have anything else to go on right now in my head, Canon, th- for all we know, this could be after the rise of Skywalker and these could be descendants of Ray. Um, and accepted. It, it, <laughs> and I accept it and I'm happy about it. And so like, who knows that could be Ray's great uncle or something <laughs> or, or, uh, or not, not uncle. It could be Ray's uh, great. Uh, it would be, it would be young. It would be generations. I'm getting all of those confused. Anyway, my point is I felt the, I felt that there could be some sort of Ray lineage at least like that's how, when I was watching the episode, I didn't get, pre high republic vibes i got post rise of skywalker vibes and i like it there i really like it there and this you're right this did feel like a pilot this did feel like an episode of a show that or at least like the first episode of a show and there's so much you can tell going forward with this and um 
I love the last little shot of that station and it like turns over and it's and it looks like a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that? I love yeah. that so much. It's such a great little touch. That's yeah. great. I loved it. Yeah, this is and th- this is what I'm hoping for this kind of story for whatever next big trilogy that happens. Like I I definitely want to come back and revisit Ray, but you know in a decade from now like I, I it go like way in the past, way in the future, you know, let the let the Skywalker era rest for a while. And you'll just I agree. have some freedom to go up in, to you know, recreate the galaxy because like this, this is an entirely different dynamic than what we've known before. Um, it's just, the sky is the limit, but also it is so intrinsically star Wars and all the conflict. Um, and it, it just the, 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 all of it, everything <laughs> <laughs> so much. Um, one funny thing was did, did the character Ethan, did his eyes look really weird? Like he had like these really big staring, like a deep sea fish uh, eyes. I don't, I don't know, man. I so think funny. a lot. I think a um, lot of these characters, eyes or noses or whatever looked really bizarre. Oh, I forgot to mention the droid. I love the droid. <laughs> <laughs> it was like a, a lazy version of, uh, of, oh gosh, what's the rogue one? The rogue one. Um, uh, K2SO. K2SO. Yeah. It, it was like a really, like a retired old version of, of K2SO. <laughs> I, I was thinking Eeyore, but yeah. Yeah. There's like a, com- a combo. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I am disappointed that no one yelled, it's a trap, when all the uh, lightsabers went red. Like, come on, it was right there. It was right there. This was so really easy. violent. Like, there's like, they yeah. cut people in half, and like, just you can see all the gore in the insides. And I think just the lightsaber, the choreography of the lightsaber fights was really solid. Like, yes. almost like Clone Wars level choreography. Um. Yeah, and just the ending with the promise of a greater adventure. I, we got to see more, man. We got to see yeah. more. Of and this it, one and the Village Bride. I agree. Totally agree with you. I agree with one of those. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anything else you want to mention before we move on? Nope. I loved it. I think All it was right. great. So real quick, how do you rank these five so far? Okay, the five so far. Oh, I didn't do this. Um. Uh. So... The Village Bride is my favorite, for sure. Number number one is the Village Bride. Number two would be the Ninth Jedi. Number three is the Duel. Um, that one is so good for me. And then let's see, I would put Tatooine Rhapsody <laughs> at number four, and then I would put the Twins at number five. That would be my least favorite of the five. All right, for for me, it would be uh, number one, the Ninth Jedi. Number two, Tatooine Rhapsody. Three, the Duel. Four, the Village Bride. I'm sorry, Michael. Uh, and five, the Twins. Hey, it's gonna grow on you, much like the Last Jedi is growing on a lot of people. I liked it it's... less after rewatch. Nope, it's gonna happen. <laughs> your your search your feelings. It's I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something something search your feelings. You know what to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's all for today. Uh, we will come back later to to talk about the last four. Um, you might or might not be with me. Um, I hope you can make it. Uh, I'm, I'm traveling next week, so it'll be a little while, but we definitely will talk about those final four because I love them. Um, real quick, where can people follow you, Michael? Um, yeah, so we have a Twitter account at 
certain underscore POV pod. Um, and that's a certain point of view podcast um, on Apple Music and uh, or on Apple Podcast and Spotify. And we also have a Facebook group, a certain point of view discussion group. And uh, you can uh, find you know me and Michael's there as well in the Outer Rim Star Wars group on Facebook. It's the better Star Wars group on Facebook. Um, also, uh, ch- check out my no podcast, <laughs> Franchise Unique Podcast. Uh, we're covering the Harry Potter series over there, if that sounds interesting. Um, and, of course, like this video and subscribe to the channel if you wouldn't mind. And until next time, see ya!